Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. I think we should really delve into the topical debates of now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Let's just get into it, you know? Yes. So, Joe, where do you sit on this whole lemons and limes debate? There, huh. Have you not been following this? Have, have, have you heard about <laughs> no. this? Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> I, I actually haven't. I don't, I've been spending so much time drawing lemons. I haven't really been considering the, the, the debates around them. So um, online, the youths, uh, and I'm sure this is so old <laughs> by the time people are hearing this. Right, news moves fast. Yes. Um, there is a uh, debate of you can either wish lemons or limes out of existence Why? which do you choose yes i know this this Whoa. is one of those this is one of those binaries that we don't like yeah i don't know i am not a fan of this, this i like both of them for different reasons exactly what? yes but <sighs> the, the 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 originator of this uh mm. said be careful and really think you know about it like it might right. not be the one that you immediately uh assume and mm. my thought is the obvious choice to keep the, the most apparent one right. would be lemons, right? Huh? I was going to say limes. Oh, really? Really? Well, okay. I mean, the most, the most apparent makes sense. Lemons. Cause there's a lot of usage. You got your lemonade. It's good with citrus. You cook with them. Mm -hmm, it, ma mm -hmm. it makes sense in that realm, but limes have more flavor and you can yeah. do more with them that also lemons will work with. That was my logic, where it's like, okay, but then, you know, you can make guacamole, you can use limes with beans as well, black beans and cilantro, very good. You know, you, mm -hmm. it gives it a little bit more of a taste. The downside yes. is you then have to live with, like, limeade and other <laughs> limeade yeah, no, drinks no and other more... things, which I don't know, you know? It's, not the, it's a little too sweet. It's not going to have the kick of the lemon. Yeah, well, okay, th this is exactly what I was thinking, where I guess I was kind of taking the safer route of saying, like, well, limes are better for... E e every dish where you can substitute them, limes are better. Uh, right, yeah. Ceviche, salsa, guacamole. Always, always. I love key lime pie. So good. Uh, state food, Florida. Really? Yes. Huh. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, actually. That's very yeah. cool. But I am also an avid iced tea drinker. Mm. And uh, you're thinking, I, okay. I cannot imagine squeezing a lime wedge into my tea. <laughs> I feel like I've done that before, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Just like out of practical, what? out of oh, pure you, practicality, you, you of not wanting you made to go your, to the supermarket. You, you made yourself a Shrek Palmer, <laughs> an Irish black tea, if you will, please. God, it's, it's a real shamrock shake in a sense. Um, <laughs> 
uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, it would just like it makes me think of um, there was this time that uh, we were recovering from hosting guests, and Allison uh, tried to make us Arnold Palmers with uh, some uh, some stuff that was marketed as like an electrolyte booster, a citrus electrolyte oh. booster. Okay. And then she mixed it in with some green tea. But it ended up just tasting like Gatorade. Oh, okay. And so I <laughs> I, I tease her and call it an Alley Palmer. <laughs> but That's but but it, in all serious, can we be serious? Can we be Yeah, let's get serious, serious now. Let's can just get serious? into it, you know. I mean, cuz like let's just get into it. You know, cuz <laughs> lemons Yeah, I I just feel like there's all of the baked goods, all of the desserts that you would want yeah. lemons for. Yeah. And I feel like even though limes are better if for all, all of the things that we previously mentioned, you could use lemons in their place. I think there's fewer instances where there's something that's like, I don't know. I I can't imagine a lime poppy seed muffin. No, I don't think it's going to have that same citrusy like aftertaste. It's not going to work, you know, mm-hmm. or it will, but it'll be like too present or too mm-hmm. sweet in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very I, complicated. That's a loaded question. It's a like, very complicated question. It, I mean, th- it, they, I, I guess it, it reveals something about you. Would you rather a yeah, uh, broad general appeal or would you rather uh, really saying something with your presence? Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is think. it does. It really does. This is definitely more serious than like a red pill, blue pill. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm. know why the Matrix didn't base itself off of this question. Yellow pill, green pill. Not even lemon slice, lime slice. It doesn't even, we're not even in the same movie anymore. (laughs) It's not about the film. It's about this now. God. Uh, Lime wire versus, uh, was there ever an an internet thing named after lemons? Lemon stealing horse. Mm, Yeah, I guess that. I was gonna say lemonade mouth. I've never actually seen that movie, but it's a Disney Channel movie. So do with that what you will. Oh, I was. I thought you were talking about lemon stealing horse. I was like, it's not no, a very too. long movie. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's technically a short, I guess, if you will. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I love I love side conversations as you're waiting in line though because mm, yeah. waiting in lime hmm, tying it back waiting in lime yeah but no that's always it's always one of the weirdest places of where um. You just get into just conversations like this, but then also mm-hmm. very bizarre ones. I don't know what you've do ever you, encountered. Do you find yourself, if you are having a conversation in public, do you find yourself uh, overly contextualizing your statements so that people around you uh, are less concerned? Or I, I don't do, uh... do you like Do you like people wondering what the heck uh, are they talking about? It's a little bit of both, to tell you the truth, but I think mm. more of the latter because mm. I, I, the podcast never stops. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's. I, I think if I can intrigue people around me for what I am talking about, that's just room for more people to enter your conversation, or it's just room for eavesdropping, which I'm also not don't care mm. about. I guess you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know when I'm having conversations with groups of friends and some of them get bizarre. I do think it's very funny 
to see other people's reactions, mm-hmm. but then I am incredibly embarrassed in a way. Mm-hmm. But I am also the person who will listen to people having conversations around me with zero context <laughs> and not know what's going on, but find it so entertaining. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's like yes. high, it's like it's like when somebody has the TV on and you pass by the hallway and you don't know what's going on, but you're kind mm-hmm. of like intrigued for a split second. Like I feel like that happened when we were at dinner mm-hmm. that one time at that Cajun place, and all those tables were so close together that I would disassociate for a minute. And just be like led on to this like whole other side conversation that does oh, not yeah. involve me. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I'm sorry, I can't, I have to like refocus, readjust. You know what I mean? Right. And then I t- maybe loudly, I don't know, said uh, Israel is a lot like Arrakis. <laughs> Did you say that? I don't even remember. How do I not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> which just, could mean so many that things that could mean a lot of things that that's not yeah wow it's always a dune reference truly mm-hmm. it is but yeah as you can see here you know we're waiting in line and this is just the type of conversations mm-hmm. that you know we like to have when we wait because we're gonna be yeah. here for a while so well, it's life, worth getting life, into it well yeah you know you if you're gonna be waiting in line it doesn't mean you have to stop living your life yeah exactly exactly so have you waited in any good lines lately? I besides this one I actually have. Yeah, I Oh. I was recently up in Chelsea uh, in New York City at the David's Werner Gallery to see this Yaoyoi Kusama show that was happening entitled I Spend Each Day Embracing Flowers. Um mm. and it was this free gallery show at David's Werner and a friend of mine really wanted to go so our whole group made a trip out of it. And it was very fun. But I um, did not do any research beforehand. <laughs> I'm very much a... Zan can attest to this. I'm very much a, like, you guys plan. I will be here for the experience and just help with the vibes. That tends to just be how I like to do things because I just wanted to go to New York, truth be told. Uh, and I was intrigued. And even when we've visited gallery shows, I tend to just, like, go in blind, see what happens, and then come out with the knowledge instead of mm-hmm. over-preparing. Right, um, right. Get get to form your own opinion organically. Exactly. All I knew going into this is that there was going to be this installation where there were lights and and mirrors and different colors and things like that. And it was like an immersive experience. And then Mm. you had to wait for a while. And so when we were getting there, we were talking about it. And my friend was like, yeah, you know, we're going to be waiting for a bit. I'm just letting you guys know. Like, that's why we're getting here early. Got there at 10 a.m. sharp, which means we had to leave so early from the train mm-hmm. station to even do that and it was packed like as big as a eh, little less a little more i should say than what we have here at the museum massive massive line wrapping around the neighborhood and the friend was telling wow. me that like this this exhibition like blew up on tiktok and people have been trying to come see it for mm-hmm. you know days and weeks or whatever and um yeah. she's you know kusama's work is Obviously, very famous, very popular artist, well known, well liked. I'm indifferent, but um, because mm. of course you all need. To, I guess I should admit my bias now because it's important <laughs> for the critique. But I, I, I personally don't care for her work. That's just me, though. I was intrigued by this uh, installation, so waiting was fascinating to me. So we're waiting mm-hmm. in line, and, and there's yes. like a whole system going on. It's incredibly efficient, but you're also waiting outside, and it's a little hot. But the day was, yeah. you know, good weather. People are having conversations. We're having our own conversations. Got to catch up, which was nice. But we yeah. finally go in, and I don't know what to expect. So we get in there. Um, and actually, I should back up a moment. 
you to I found out about halfway waiting that we're waiting for this installation. But if you wanted to go visit the gallery, which has her sculptures and some paintings, it was it, this whole thing is free, and you could also just go right ahead. So that didn't have a line; just this thing did, just this one work, okay. which I was already like, "Huh, okay, yeah." I'm curious because, and I mean, we've we'll, maybe we'll talk about this in a bit too, but we've waited for things before as well that I feel like were well worth it and long. But yeah, this, when we got there, we got in. It's like you can only have so many people at a time, which I was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a little weird. Um, you go into this room, and it's a basically a room within a room. It's this like box, white box looking thing in the middle of the gallery that has um, primary color transparent windows that are like circles mm-hmm. and squares, just a few of them on the outside. The the guard or uh, art, I don't, it wasn't really a guard, like the staff tell yeah. you at the door, they're like, okay. You guys are going to have a minute in there. Take your pictures, do your thing, you know, whatever. After a minute, you have to come out and then we're going to let the next people in. Which was wow. a bit of like, a, wait, what? So yeah. immediately kind of like hit with that knowledge because again, we didn't know what to expect. I thought it was a big room. It was a little bit of a shock. You kind of are put in and you just are left in this like infinity yeah. space. I think it was called or something like that. You know, there's, it's bright colors. It's very it's beautiful. When it, it's when you know, it, the whatever world uh, hotline bling takes place in, is it? I guess it. Yeah. No, I, I'm just. I, I'm, it could, making, I'm making for, things up. All it. It could have been. <laughs> Truly, it could have. It's like it's where it's where Drake and Squidward. Uh, right. You know, just, it's they the fell, future. They space. fell in. <laughs> it is like a back rooms a little bit. Um, no, I could see Drake for sure being in there, honestly. But um. Yeah, it's this very, it's like interesting. It's primary colors and then it's like a darker ambiance. The mirrors basically make the space feel a lot bigger than it is. You can get mm-hmm. some really cool pictures. We got some fun pictures, like kind of uh, impromptly, you know, just taking them. Didn't really know what was going on and we're making jokes the whole time, which mm-hmm. I was like walking around to immerse myself. But again, it's like you had a minute. You have, and yeah, then, you, have, you have a minute to immerse yourself. Exactly. And there was also like somebody on the outside taking pictures of us inside, which was uh. weird. And yeah, so I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm kind of just like scrambling to figure out how I want to respond to this. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, thank you. Next. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe we've got to get you to like a Goodwill and like stand you between a couple mm. mirrors and just see if we can recreate <laughs> it. We probably could, to tell you the truth. Or just go go to one of those like restaurants where like the uh, all the walls are mirrors in the bathroom. Yeah, that stresses me out. It's like, yeah. uh, yeah, who is who has ever wanted to look at themselves <laughs> in infinity going to the bathroom? Existential crisis in the bathroom, truly. Um, yes. Yeah, so it was kind of, I guess it's kind of like that, you know, it's that type of feeling. And then you leave and you can immediately exit into, uh, to go see her her paintings and the rest of the exhibition, which okay. was fine. And, and, you know, it's it's whatever. Some of the paintings were good. Some of them were fine. The sculptures are massive in, in the David Sverner Gallery. I mean, honestly, just to pause from Kusama's work, David's Verner is a nice gallery. It's like really nice. I can, mm. I get it. I get why it's expensive and why yeah. they fund a lot of stuff in the city. It's like, it, it is expensive looking, but I was also more interested in the architecture than the actual sculptures, but mm-hmm. they fit really well in this space. So, you know, in terms of my review, yeah, if you want to, I don't know, you know, I guess as a review of this exhibition I saw, it was, it, it fit well. It was engaging with the public, but this line into a room for a minute was 
fascinating to me. And it's what I really yeah. wanted to bring up here for us to engage with philosophically, artistically, and, you know, about our experiences, mm-hmm. especially in a museum context of what it means to wait. And I've been kind of, I've been coining the term with this uh, as the, the currency of experience mm. is what I've been landing on to call it, which essentially, you know, what are you willing to trade in order to view something? What's it worth to you? Because mm-hmm. this gallery was free. This whole experience was free, which was wow, nice. Okay. You know, I'd have to, I'd have to pay yeah. $20 to go see this. I would have been probably more mad. Yeah. But it was an hour for a minute. Mm. So that's been leaving me questioning a lot because, I, I, you know, after I left the gallery, I was like, wow, you know, it was kind of interesting that I had to wait an hour to go see this thing for a minute and then, mm-hmm. which is like an interesting artwork in itself, in my opinion, and then leave. And that's it. And I didn't get to process the experience. And the experience was, I, I waited more. The experience was more me waiting in line with my friends than it was me in the actual exhibition or the exhibit. Right. And I don't know, though, if that's actually considered as a part of the work. I don't think it is because Kusama's definitely not, I don't think that's a part of what she's inventing here. That's not her interest at all. And she's also older, and I think there's other people making these decisions for the gallery show, in in a sense. Mm. And then I started finding out because my my friend really liked it, and you know was really excited that she got to see it. And I was very happy for her, and you know, and I'm honestly glad that I went to go see it too, because it's left me with a lot more questions than I thought it would. But these 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 sort of sound like unintentional questions. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. It's things that I shouldn't be leaving with. It's more like <laughs> I should be wanting to buy the work or wanting to to do you know see more Kusama shows. I'm, instead, I'm like, huh, is this like an unintentional artwork, you know? Or is this like, is this what a failed space yeah. essentially becomes? Like, that's, it's all of these more critiques that I think are what audiences are missing because I don't think it's right. the most, it's, the, it's not the most obvious thing at play here. Mm-hmm. But within, um, you know, when you have something where you're waiting so long and you get that minute of experience. Most of this experience is tied to, you know, social media. It's tied to presenting yourself at this exhibit that you went and you saw and you took a really cool picture. It's more of mm-hmm. like a photo op than it was an art exhibition, which is yeah fascinating because everybody's willing to wait so long for a photo that essentially everybody else will have. Now, not that I'm trying to make yeah. it like a weird social media, oh, the you know, whatever hashtag stuff. No, but, stuff, but like, I, I think if, if I can pontificate on that for a little bit. For sure. I mean, that itself seems to be something that people are are trying to articulate the, the strangeness of, I think, mm. in in not not trying to turn it into, I think, the typical critique, which either comes off as either condescending to young people or honestly just kind of misogynistic because it's usually characterized as young women going somewhere, taking a picture, you know, that, that, that's, that's a very old vapid, you know, like take of a lot of things. And we've seen it definitely as people who ourselves are visitors somewhere who are around other people critiquing other tourists who are just there for less time than you are. You know, the, right. the, the type of thing where when we were in Italy, as brief of a time as we were there, we were there long enough to be around people that had the attitude of, 
well, we're different from the tourists and we're so much better than them because they all stand in front of the Duomo taking the same picture. And it's not so much that there isn't something to maybe critique about the commodification of landmarks and cultures, but it very much becomes more of like a moral judgment, a moral failing of people who come to another country to experience it and and are being told that they're experiencing it, but really are just getting this sort of very surface level. Um, there, there's there's something I think more interesting and maybe a little darker at play than you know just judging people that are out. You know, right, right. Honestly, I feel like people would. Because, like, to to look at this in one way, you could just be like, wow, I'm excited that people of all ages are lined up around the block to see a fine art exhibition in New York. Because that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Which is, you know, it sounds like something very contrary to how we think of how people engage with culture now. Um, But I do feel like. And, you know, there could be a million of my own biases to read into this. So, you know, do 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 <laughs> grain what, of do, salt and whatnot. Do, do what, yeah, do do what you will with me. Have have some have a grain of salt with your lime martini. Yes. Um, as you judge me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Salt the rim. Right. Um, or honestly, ma- mojito. Ma- no, sorry, not a mojito. Margarita. You know, salt, mm, salt up yeah. that salt up that rim. Um. And I think there is an idea that, you know, photos are almost like this, um, this preservation, this perpetuation of a moment that you, if you can get the right photo, that's this really good documentation of a moment that you've otherwise been rushed through because of life. You get to look back at that photo and yeah. sort of infinitely live in that moment that you have captured. Um, although it is itself, it's it's darkly vicarious. I feel like Ooh. that you are you're using yourself as a prop uh, in in sort of this um, huh this this scrapbook that you're trying to make to look back and say look how fun that was even if you were shuffled through and you only got to do it for a minute and i think that to me is the darker thing of tourists standing in line to take photos in front of you know the david or whatever or you know um and I don't necessarily think it's those people's faults. I think no. there's 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 so much gravity and so much expectation that gets put on those things. You are told you are supposed to have a profound moment, you know, right. going to X, Y, or Z. I think this is what some people call Paris syndrome. Yes, yeah, it is. It's uh There's a lot of gravity and a lot of expectations put on these things. And as someone who um, is not getting married, but is is attending 
uh, a share of his share of uh, other people's weddings uh, over the course of the next year. And and just being adjacent to wedding planning and that culture. I to me, it kind of a lot of it kind of feels like prom where there was. There, there was all of this emphasis that was put on getting to this one moment to take these pictures, and then everybody kicks their shoes off and does other things. Yeah. But there was, there was so much importance. There was so much significance assigned to this moment where we all line up in front of the camera and smile because we want to have this moment preserved because we're told we're going to look back on it and think about how great it was. And maybe I'm just speaking out of bitterness because I had no friends in high school and my senior prom sucked. Uh, But that it's it. I, I guess there's, there's shades of that in it for me as yeah. well that in that i i guess coming back to my thesis statement just <laughs> there is so much pressure put on that photo and they know that's what people are coming for especially something like this that is a very mm-hmm. what sounds like a very photogenic installation something that yes you can't not look good in this essentially yeah that the, the it's it's almost sort of made for that you don't really have the opportunity to visually interrogate it, it no. is something that you're supposed to take with you, which is interesting. But I, I am I am I completely off? No, with, I think you're with sh- sort of the, the mood here. No, I think it's spot on to tell you the truth. It's why I wanted to bring this conversation here because I think it's worth in- interrogating it a little much, a little bit, you know, and and it, and and bringing words to this through our our critical lenses as well as with our th- yeah. theory and knowledge of the art world because i think i think that's pretty spot on for what you just said also because you know interestingly enough when we left the installation my friends went around the corner of it cuz it's not like that big you know and it's in this big white room and we went to go like take pictures of the inside and got like yelled at by people Oh. And it was kind of, it was kind of weird because you're like, wait a minute, that guy was taking pictures the whole time. Is it just because he was on the right side? It's like a video game and they didn't spot you. Like it was so weird. Like just just the vibe of it was very strange of like, no, 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 you can't take pictures. You're gone. Bye. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. It's it's odd because I guess the thing for me, you know, it, it's very much that photo, like you're saying, that 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 um that preservation of the memory and then the the artist, the gallery, the the agent, whoever set it up, you know, capitalizing off of that. And mm-hmm. there was a bit of that again, it's not it's not a trick. It's more of a um strategy maybe is the word of you don't uh-huh. have to pay. You just have to wait because demand and right. we can fun we will efficiently funnel you through here, which I don't want to accuse the gallery or the people working there of anything more because you have to handle volume and that's the only way to do it safely. Right. Of course, of course that's the only way to do this safely with nobody getting hurt because there's just so like thousands of people who want to see this, but it kind of feels like a little bit of like if you had to wait in line to see the Mona Lisa essentially, but you got like a minute Mm -hmm. in front of the Mona Lisa, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? 
You know, right. How do you right. take that in? How do you process what you're seeing in a minute? There's the thing that I immediately called back to was this, um, this installation in on Veronica Janssen's is a Belgian artist, contemporary artist, her, uh, work in her, I think solo show, uh, Hot Pink Turquoise, I believe is what it was called. And that's been shown mm. in a few different places, including Louisiana Museum. And one of her installations is this like massive box that you walk in and there's like smoke and, and essentially a lighting event that's happening where you feel as if you've just entered neon color. Like it's got, a, mm. it's opaque. It's got a thickness. You can spend time in there. You're with other people. It's not as much of a, um, you know, show where you're like in and out you you can actually spend the time and and be in there and that's i think what this wants to be but because this is a photogenic which that is too but this is more geared for it right this is a place for the public is coming here for a service in a sense it's like the gallery is now the backdrop for one's instagram picture and do with that what Mm. you will it's not a negative it's not a positive it just is Mm-hmm. But I don't, because that's the thing, you're like, oh, okay. And as you brought up, you know, we're, we have all these people lined up for contemporary art. Or, you know, it's not really, but you know what I mean? Like artwork yeah. in general, fine art. That's amazing. That's important. We need that. Yeah. But it's not really about that. It's about, I saw it. Now, there were people there yeah. for sure who were interested in Kusama's work. It was very obvious. They were engaged. There was conversation. They were wearing like, t-shirts. Yeah, they had polka like... dots. They put on their best polka dotted <laughs> outfit and were like, I will match the work. Like, <laughs> It's like it's like going to Comic Con, essentially. You know what I mean? You cosplay as the art, uh, right? But but <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine if like for for museums if there was like you know uh, art history con? You oh know? my god! Yeah, wear your favorite T shirt of your favorite artist. I mean, oh yeah, that's no, kind pe- of a thing though. People do that. Yeah, not- I mean, I could see it. You could like I okay, but which artist would be the Deadpool of that like there would just be way <laughs> too many people dressed up like that artist like Van Gogh you think Van Gogh I, I'm gonna say Van Gogh or um, I'm gonna go or, I don't think in personality but I think because there would always just be so many but Van Gogh might also just be like either ah, maybe Picasso maybe I don't know no I'm gonna stick I, with my I guns. mean I, I think Van Gogh, Gogh looks very distinct but I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw this out there too I feel like you would have a lot of people with like I'm steampunk Frida Kahlo oh uh, yeah you know? yeah that's very yes you know like I, I just feel like it would be a lot of like in the equivalence the, in this equivalency that we are making it would just right. be you know be like I'm emo goth uh, Frida Kahlo you know, right? Yeah, I'm, you're I'm, hip, I'm hipster Frida. This this probably happens. At I'm Frida. Cons, I'm Frida. Man. I'm Frida Kahlo wearing a Frida Kahlo T-shirt. Yeah, truly embodying the artist, right? I mean, yes. That I, I, I'm willing to bet. I guess somebody has definitely dressed up as Vincent Van Gogh at a Comic Con, technically oh, canonical in Doctor Who. So you know, true. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It, it is kind of odd to think about, though, right? But like mm-hmm. in that way. But that's it's kind of like the the thing at play here. It becomes spectacle a little bit, and yeah, and that that's not. Mm, no, I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of it not being a good thing for for experience in general. Because like I get you know New York is also interesting because a lot of the museums are free, yeah. which I think is really good and important, and for people to be able to just walk in and experience 
the museum and the collection and, and yeah. learn things and engage yeah. and, and basically centering a community around knowledge and, and understanding politics and other things aside of museums. Cause obviously it's complicated as we've always talked about here. Um, and there's lots going on, but I do think that the museum, the gallery, well, more the museum than the gallery can provide a place of conversation and, and learning and knowledge. You know, I'm thinking back to, document to 13 with the curator whose name is escaping me at the moment but she would set up these like talks in the mm -hmm. gallery spaces and museums yeah. around castle and like the public is invited and to engage with yeah. artists and theorists and curators and it's like these crazy conversations that are very in they're not necessarily mm -hmm. intellectually like unreachable but they're very powerful there's a lot going on and that 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 yeah. engagement that can happen within a public sphere that's not just for money that's not just for um show it's like what i imagine you know universities in like the middle ages were like with mm. other people or like what 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 i guess we reach for when it comes to what it means to be in a university or in a museum or what these things are created for what art is created for right in in, yeah. in older orthodox churches or catholic churches where you have these these altarpieces that are basically just there for you to gaze at um mm -hmm. So it's not it's not necessarily that it's that's that's the problem but like I think I guess with the engagement of this type of work of what you're when you're waiting you're you're almost waiting to get into something and it kind of fails to meet any sort of expectation mm. unless you were interested in it to begin with then I think you left with what you got but I almost feel like it was a bit of a robbing of a mm. longer experience the the thing I I I immediately thought of was when we waited in the Biennale for the um the uh gosh hold on I have it the right. Lithuanian the, the Lithuanian uh, Pavilion exactly the Sun and Sea you know yes. that work where we we waited a while it wasn't like a ten we minute turnaround it was we like did, an hour plus but, but you could sit there as long as you wanted really yes and it was a full production and it was like yeah it was worth it like I mean I guess no that I, technically I, wasn't I, free, I cannot but. I cannot imagine being rushed through that that was such no, an ruined. incredible thing that like still sticks with me i like i got the vinyl of yes. the, of the it's opera so that they were good. performing if you so don't know good. what we're talking about it's the i think the it won one of the awards at the 2019 venice biennale it won the pavilion award like whatever okay, one it yeah. was for the pavilion they won yeah yeah and it was essentially you're walking around sort of on this upper level. And as you look down into the lower level, they've recreated a beach. And there are all of these people going about their day like, uh, you know, just doing beach activities, you know, an artificial beach inside. And then just they all of these performers take turns singing um you know just sort of uh like uh almost almost non-diegetically to the scene yeah um and it's it, it's a really incredible uh it, it it was wonderful to see in person and and a really oh, yeah. great experience um you you've touched on a bunch of different things but i guess i mean first off i do feel like spectacle Public mm -hmm. spectacle is something that we see a lot in American art, and it does seem to be something that we know how to do uh, hmm. for, be yeah. for better or for worse. 
you know, if we're talking about blockbuster movies versus, you know, uh, art exhibitions, there is the the anticipation of something is built into those experiences, I feel like, in, in a in a right. really unique and and powerful way. I I also want to remark on, you know, I think the element of time, because I do think mm-hmm. that is especially in our current situation where everyone is trying to consider what is their time actually worth, you know, and are we being fairly compensated for our time? Yes. It is. I'm really fascinated by the way you brought that up. The idea that you traded an hour, uh, an hour of waiting for a minute of an experience. And I mean, I think that, that itself like seems like something that a lot of people feel with how they're paid for their jobs like yeah what are you actually able to do with what's your spending power from an hour of work you know like for for me the 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 sort of depressing thing cuz i have a very round number uh currently for my hourly uh I, is like thinking about like every time I have to pay a bill or something is like thinking about, you know, I can very quickly convert prices into hours. Yeah. And it's it's a little disheartening, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. It's it's. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I think that, you know, may, maybe the fact that we we try to equate time says something about us being Americans. Like, is this worth your time? But I think it also is, you know, it says a little bit about like our how we've been, you know, conditioned to prioritize uh, things because also like, you know, not to get the art ex- not to get to the art exhibition was the friends we made along the way but it sounds like you had a better time <laughs> kind of you know traveling with your friends and waiting with your friends like that is you know i think you could almost count that as part of the experience like you were saying i yeah. think you i think you were entitled to i guess the thing that always um the thing that's always bizarre to me, I think, is I feel like a lot of exhibitions like this, mm-hmm. a lot, but a lot of museum exhibitions in general, when I, I feel like when there's something very simple that they've brought you in to see and they're not necessarily thinking about they're they're not necessarily thinking about how the experience gets watered down uh by the crowds and by the throngs of people going in trying to see something trying to experience what has been advertised to them as worth seeing um i i mean to me it just kind of highlights the sadder state of we don't get to encounter art in our daily lives we do not allow ourselves time to sit and consider art in our day-to-day and i've i've beat this drum before but it is something that i do really 
feel like the way that even decorative arts and design have been removed from so much of contemporary life that, you know, I, I don't blame people for waiting to go and see something in, in the hopes that in the hopes that it pegs the needle a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's a bad thing to necessarily do this. I think it's, um, it's bigger picture of, what we're lacking at least in the u.s you know just from that perspective because i i've commented on this a few times and i don't know if i've done it here or not but we the u.s is just lacking a lot in good public art like truth be told like what do we we have the bean we have (laughs) uh whatever's on the high line that day in new york city which isn't always good you know clown posse I guess them to uh, the Hollywood sign. You know what I mean? Like it's like you start to run out of stuff. Right. You can go to to the 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 cars on Route sixty six. Maybe like it's it's one of these things where it's it's um not not to be that guy, but we used to have a lot more figurative sculpture around. All right, settle down. But yeah, <laughs> that's different category. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. but it's, do you know but, what I'm saying? Though, like, it doesn't yeah. have to be nationalistic or 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 uh, or you know empirical in that way. I'm talking more like, where's the Doris Salcedo that's going to exist in the in the in the mm. random neighborhood in New York, right? Or or can we get something? Um, I think that's engaging into the public spheres. Now, this does happen. It's not yeah. not a thing, right? There is public installations. Yeah. They're, they're kind of hidden a lot of times because they're not funded that well. But, like, if you think... I mean, and this is also partially because of the U.S. being so young in its creation and having a very complex history. But even with, like, Italy, you know, there's, there's paintings everywhere just because yeah. they were put there. And now they get passed over because it's part of daily life at this point and you don't really care. But yeah. if, you, if you're a local... but it's one of those things where you're just constantly surrounded by architecture, art, care, mm-hmm. you know, the craft of human beings. And in a U.S. context, especially with fine art, you're not, you don't have anything to really grasp onto to respond to. You have artists from the 60s to respond to, essentially. You have the, the yeah. intensity of New York City or, you know, the chilled, really chaotic place of L.A. And that's about it. And that's what you're taught to, to those are the epicenters of art. And in reality, they're just bubbles. and to me, this was kind of an example of that, where it's like, this is what people think contemporary art is, but Kusama's not really a contemporary artist. Like, she, she was working way earlier and is part of yeah. another generation of artists who are still very popular today and their work is yeah. revered, but then there's all of this new work that's built off of different ideas that but, isn't yeah. as uh, popular. And But, you know, but, but I, think, I think you've also touched on the... The, the the these blockbuster immersive yeah uh exhibits are so big in the US i they think are. because we we lack uh you know that feeling of immersion in our daily lives of yeah, uh, you know yeah. because because we are so isolated from uh from creative expression yeah um, and they're they're also very tied to i think again that spectacle of also like 
flashing light or or yes. projector everything and you know it always yeah. has to be like the technological revolution like the vr experience well, that, that's, that's and like always that's such a big part of so many and, of them and they're it's never good it's never yeah. good right like yeah. it's not it's never what you think it's gonna be the thing that's made with practical effects or just a little bit of projection is always better mm -hmm. than an overabundance of technology it's just never right. interesting no and, that 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 makes me think of um there's this uh collection of essays uh by Seth Kim Cohen uh called Against Ambience and it pretty much is, it's from I think like 2013 but it really lays out the world that we have found ourselves in which is uh just all of these these exhibitions that tout themselves, you know, you, you could go through, uh, mm -hmm. and like play bingo with the buzzwords of immersive ambient, you right. know, all, all of, all of these things that are supposed to be these revolutionary exhibitions. And, you know, sometimes it's interesting technology. A lot of times it's projectors, um, and, and sound works and, right. you know, uh, the author is very much interested in sound, but is worried very prophetically <laughs> that um, this work will go uninterrogated because we have not taken the time to properly develop our vocabulary around these works. And so we just mm. sort of accept them. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, I think it kind of, it kind of hit it on the head and yes. it, yeah. and even, even if it's pre COVID, I think it's still, it, it still is our current situation where, you know, people will, I mean, like, you know, it mentions good examples, the, the essay, it mentions like, you know, um, Olaf Eliasson, you know, and, and, sure. you know, the, the, the the cornerstone kind of contemporary works that we think of as like yeah. this is this is what an immersive ambient experience can be. Yeah. But the presence of the technology as something that, you know, is hyping up mediocre art, mm -hmm. uh it's uh it, it's it, it's just a lot of it's a lot of nothing, you know? Yeah. It's it's you know, it could be either what you're talking about, you know, Instagrammable artwork, or it's just sort of this, uh, this hollow thing that you, you go and you say you saw it and it, uh, there's, it, there's a paint by numbers artist <laughs> statement to talk about what it is. Right. And you can say, oh, the artists meant to do this, this and that. But no, it was kind of just a showcase of this one gimmick. Yep. Uh, and it doesn't really change our conversation or any of the way that we talk about art. And that's just kind of what a, a lot of them start to start to feel like if we can if we can get that cynical about it. I think we can get there. I think we can get right into it again. But, you know, <laughs> no, it's OK. <laughs> No, it's it's true though. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it is it is that's that's the reality because I think it's important to kind of break through that cloud a little bit that a lot of us have been stuck in, especially with like 
I think the need to like see art in person again also kind of pushed that mm. a little bit. And then now that we've that's sort of gone and it's back to whatever regular experiences. Yeah. The, oh, uh, the... uh, against ambiences from 2016. It was a few years off. Okay. Okay. So, but yeah. still, still holds very well. You know, yes. in that time, yes. it's, it hasn't. It's gotten definitely exactly to that uh what what he's talking about because i Mm -hmm. you know like it's it's why i'm always very fascinated with like ragnar kjartensen's installations especially with his use of video projection and sound and music and it's like you're in a concert but it's not Mm -hmm. this big show it's like i mean i guess he did do a concert which was a big show but in in um um i'm trying to think of one oh i forget what it's called but there's this there's this one work that he has where it's like eight uh video screens and yeah. each one has like a different person on it rotating throughout and it's like mm-hmm. each one has its own sound and together you get this massive installation experience of people singing and enjoying life and making music and mm-hmm. they're all in different parts of this house and it's divided by the 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 video mm-hmm. itself and again that builds up an experience and usually in these cases you're not rushed through i think mm-hmm. when you when you need to take the time to sit down and watch something or be present it gives you more time to think and when you're rushed through these experiences or you're not interrogated in these experiences at all and you're just kind of left to take pictures and do your thing there's not as much of a um interrogation there and it often i think just gets over overshadowed by that you know by like wow this was so cool and it's like okay yeah no it is cool because because i think i think those those type of places are important to a certain degree you know of just getting younger kids people who don't really care about art into art right Mm -hmm. because it's pretty it's it's pretty actually literally you know that it's like oh okay this is this is enjoyable this is a cool weird mirrors room or it's very claustrophobic depending on what kind of person you are but I think that it's something you may not have ever seen, but to be robbed of the time based on a quantity of people that need to go through it because of just efficiency and because of price and because of attention, which mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out how the gallery's making money off of this, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> is so fascinating to me. Like, I almost want to make a work where it's like, again, it's an hour for a minute on that time. Because that's Mm -hmm. what it's still, I always come back to that where it's like, you just are waiting so long for one minute at the, in this experience. And that is different for every person, right? For my friend, it was amazing and what she's wanted for years. And for me, it was, and and not that that's a bad thing. Cause it's, again, if you know the artist, it makes sense. For me, it was like, Huh, I just traded off an hour for a minute. Like I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about it. And I had to kind of like stop talking about it to a certain extent too. But I, I really like that kind of just stayed in my head the whole time, even as we traveled and calculated ex- expenses and things like that. Like how yeah. we rationalize um what we see. And to kind of circle back a little bit too for what you were even saying earlier with like tourism and when people go to Italy and Florence specifically since we were there longer and people were kind of coming in and out constantly. I think when I first went, I was told to go do a lot of things and I never did them because I just didn't care. And not in a bad way. Like I never went inside the Duomo, like ever. And it was right there. Mm-hmm. I passed it every I passed it every day. And I still never right. went it because I just was like, oh, I'll do it later. And I forgot. And I kind of regret it and I hope to do it at one point. But I found my own experiences, even when I'm on vacations yeah. in these places, it's like I'm more interested in the immersion and in the in the 
off beaten you know off the beaten path kind of events and yeah. things that i can enjoy rather than like i need to hit the sites or i need to see these specific things because i also feel like your expectations may or may not be met and when you're right. waiting a super long time like i feel like that's going to be my thing if i ever go to the louvre and see the mona lisa i'm going to be like mm-hmm. man this was annoying it's like it, <laughs> you know like god like i love the painting but god this was just yeah. such a process you know it's like the vatican yeah. like if you ever go to the well, vatican it can be like yeah because i i think and I think that's honestly that that's like always my advice for like going to a city that's notoriously, you know, full of tourists. It's like do pick one thing and then pick one big thing and then do a lot of little things, you know, because it's like, yeah, it's other otherwise it, it, you know, and again, not meaning to sound like a total dick, but it's it's otherwise it's disney world you know it's yeah talk about like you know waiting forever in line for you know a very short experience and there's nothing i don't have anything against people that enjoy theme parks and stuff like that i guess the thing is i don't think i'm i really try not to think that I'm better than other people because I went to go see some weird little church when everyone else went to go see St. Peter's Basilica or whatever. It is very cool though. Have you ever been to St. Peter's? Because it is is kind of insane. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you've only got a few hours, you know, no, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. No, 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 not worth it. Yeah. Um, but you're the, the, the understanding that there are, that there is something else to witness, that there is something else that you can gain understanding of that mm-hmm. isn't um, the uh, the big spectacle that's promising you all of this other stuff. And I and I do think you can get something out of the spectacle, but I don't think it it can be the end all be all and of the the last word on something. And I think this is where the U.S. struggles with a lot of public art and kind of my own pet theory as to why we keep shying away from it is not just because, you know, we had to take down some some sculptures of some Confederates or whatever. I just think that we because we don't have a lot to begin with we do not have the vernacular for it we have a couple of really big iconic things that everyone across the country knows and recognizes um right and anytime you try to contribute to your town's public art a lot of the time it's expected to stand on its own, answer every question, be, it's expected to be everything. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and say everything and respond to every issue. And it's always going to fall short if you put that on it. Right. The answer isn't stop doing spectacles. It's just, maybe make more things and 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 <laughs> yeah. de- develop develop people's ideas of things before they go to see the spectacle hmm. before they go to before they go to the one thing that's supposed to be the definitive moment 
Yeah. I like that you solution. Know. I definitely think that could work for sure. You know, take some pictures on in your life that aren't prom or your wedding, you know, which I yeah. I think everyone you know is is doing pretty well. I think I think there's no shortage of photos of ourselves. Uh Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other thing to interrogate truly. I yeah. I do think that that's a very fascinating mm-hmm. photography and in general the photograph is a very interesting subject matter for sure and has lots of theory and obviously and ideas surrounding it but even mm-hmm. photographing art is also another thing too and photograph and documenting one's also experience but i, oh, I do yeah, think very 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 john berger uh predicament yes well also in a, in the in the age of live streaming yourself walking down the street which is weirdly common it's yeah there's a lot more to unpack with a oh, lot yeah. of these things. I gen- feel like I've been to a Taylor Swift concert now. I so do many, too. So many God. darn people f- vi- just videoing the entire thing. And I, it's like, what are you getting out of this? I don't understand. I'm sorry in advance to all of you who maybe are, are Swifty fans here, but I just don't get it. I'm sorry. Every time I saw it on Instagram, I believe the it was fan, like a, the, the, the fans are Swifties, Joe. Get with it. Swifty fans, fans. They, they, they just are, no, they just are Swifties. They are just called, not fan, it's just Swifty. Yeah. Get, get, get Swifty. Get, 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 with, got get, it. All right. <laughs> um, oh, well, yeah, you gotta get Swifty. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought that was also very interesting that I kept getting different images of like different people I knew at the concert and then just like different lore kept dropping. Like people were in costumes and I was like, mm. what is this? Is this a part of the, exp- is this like a McElroy's like podcast event? <laughs> like, do you go in cosplay to the concert? Like, I'm so confused. Everything keeps changing. I don't know. Is the brace, the, the, the acronym bracelets. Yeah. I just, I don't understand. And maybe I'm not supposed to, and that's totally fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just one of these things where I'm like, trying to keep up and then but also my brain is just like we're tapping out the attention span is yeah here. i don't know you know i guess people people deserve to enjoy things i just wish things weren't as expensive as they always need to be but i mm-hmm. also don't want to have to use my time as currency it's a real have cake and eat it too kind of situation you know but i don't know right, yeah yeah i mean you can't it's, have both. It, it's it's a lot to not have your time be monetized uh but yeah um, you know but we can dream we can dream i also think a lot of this is linked to the fact that we can't it, it's very rare to have an activity that you don't have to pay for in this yeah. country at least and honestly throughout the world and mm-hmm. that's definitely at play here but yeah i just wanted to bring this you know part of this 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 topic yeah. and the review of the exhibition to here at the the museum just yeah. to, you know i think talk about these things because it's important to interrogate and for sure if you yeah. for sure go see exhibitions even if you don't like oh them. yeah i do think some of the best advice we've both gotten maybe i don't know if you've considered it this way but i i, I definitely haven't stopped thinking about it is even if you don't like something in an, in an if it's in this like big exhibition it's important to question like even why it's there and why you don't like it necessarily yeah and to keep no, in mind that, that that's that's totally worthwhile i mean that's yeah. that's it's something interesting it's something to talk about it's um, exactly no you made you made me think of this this is slightly unrelated but just you know talking uh, you know having to pay to go do things it's <laughs> it's one of the very funny things about you know my mother is from new jersey uh i grew up in florida obviously um, but she is just very, uh, we've, we've hardly ever gone to the beach in New Jersey because, uh, 
uh, even though we'll go up there to see her family, uh, because she is, after living in Florida, it is unthinkable <laughs> to pay to go know, on the beach. I know. And it's just so funny. Like, she's just suddenly so like, who am I paying to go on the beach? God? <laughs> Sounds like my dad. I love that. I... Yes, yes, the god, the the god of of New Jersey Poseidon. is getting the t- exactly. <laughs> Pay the toll. I mean, it, it it is supposed to be for beach cleanup or whatever. Even though they dump all this toxic stuff right into the beach that you pay for. So in Florida, we're better. so good at keeping the environment nice and clean. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to pay for it. It's just done. <laughs> um. Yeah. It it is kind of a bizarre thing. I. I can be cheap, you know this, so I tend to mm-hmm. just complain about it. But then we started going to the state park near me, and now that's mm-hmm. free, so that kind of works oh, yeah. itself out. Yeah, so we, mm-hmm. I get around those type of things. That's talk about a spectacle is really a New mm-hmm. Jersey beach, to tell you the truth. It's you pay oh, yeah. a lot to get there, and then it's not really worth it afterwards. <laughs> you you feel a little bit more hollow of a person, and you don't quite know what you just saw at the boardwalk, but it's not worth your time, essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. to think about that as. Well, this episode has been brought to you by Clearwater Beach. Mm, wow, weird plug it. <laughs> Integrating the marketing, I see. Yes. I, I I hope it's not like a... Do Scientologists, do you think, promote the beach at Clearwater? Or are they just not? Um, are they afraid of water? Well, no, I guess Elrod... They're whole... <laughs> They're a seafaring people. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing is... Well, because there's Clearwater, there's Clearwater Beach. The Sinos are more like downtown, historic downtown Clearwater is more their mm, stomping grounds. Okay, I didn't realize um, it was like a big, a big environment. Yeah, yeah. Like Clearwater Beach is like you have to like go over this big bridge to get out to um, like basically a really long, thin island. Clearwater sits uh, on okay. the intercoastal. This is very niche uh, Florida <laughs> Gulf Coast uh, geography lesson now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, you have to like cross the intercoastal. Uh, oh, okay, go, I understand. Uh, to Clearwater I understand. Beach. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. Or take a boat, which or is also a... fun. Hmm. That does yeah. sound quite fun. Oh yeah! Look at yeah, that. We'll, we'll we'll get you, we'll get you there. We got to go there. Absolutely, yeah. The Grand Florida yeah. tour will happen at mm-hmm. some point. Wonderful. Um, well, Joe, thank you so much for bringing this topic to us. It oh, was sure, honestly yeah. just really great to to hash out these ideas and and try to figure out what exactly our feelings on these yeah. things are. Yeah, no, it's it's no problem at all. Happy to share, and I'm glad. Yeah, that we were able to dialogue a bit about this. It's been on my mind for. A week now and, yeah and i just yeah and, and and i think it leads to a lot of questions for bigger things too and i encourage all of you you know who've been listening to us talk to even go see art exhibitions near you be critical be open and mm-hmm. start to think about what you like and what you enjoy yeah. and what's, what is worth your time to go see but at the same time being open to trying new things because i think that is quite important in anyone's mm-hmm. experience absolutely yes yes so, yes and now that we're finished with this conversation, I think the line is finally moving. It's fi- finally moving. Ugh, right? We finally can finally going. get into our own museum. I know. It just takes forever. And this is the type of conversations that I really appreciate when you wait in line. I've, I've waited mm-hmm. in so many lines in my life, and I still think one of my favorite... I know, right? I'm, I, we, we actually... I'm just going to throw out what I was going to say. Uh, one of the jokes we were making is that like, if we could hire a professional line waiter... 
Because that's the thing. You know that. Like, people, yes, you can't yes. actually get somebody to wait in line for you. And I was like, wow, there's a whole economy built around this. Like, I wonder if any of the people in this line just paid someone to come wait and then left <laughs> to go do something else. Like, go eat lunch and then come back. And I was like, God, this is kind of... It'd be really yeah, great very, if, you very were, terrifying. if you were named Tom and you're a professional waiter. And so mm. you're, you, you called your company Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Oh, that's fun. You're like, yeah, Tom Waits. Tom Waits for you. <laughs> what do you do? I'm a waiter. Like at a restaurant? Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. no. uh, yeah. I, I feel like I, I was also making a joke that it's one of those jobs that, like, you see those interviews in, like, New York City streets where it's like, excuse me, mm-hmm. excuse me, oh, what do you do? You, you ever see yeah. those? Where it's like, I can yeah. imagine somebody like that happening. Like, oh, I, I'm I'm a professional line, line waiter, you know? Well, you know what you oh. can do because you're selling your time is if you worked for Lyft and you also mm. sat and waited for people, you could call it Lyft Weights. Lyft Weights. Wow, we should start a business. This yeah. is... Some good ideas yeah, let's over here. let's start the next <laughs> dystopian app. <laughs> yeah, the the next. I'm a I'm a of an entrepreneur. You know. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Anyways, uh, oh man. Yes. Well, thank you again for for listening to me talk about this. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. really it was really good. I think this was a, a fun yeah, conversation no, great, to be had. Great, great conversation. Glad you brought it in. Um, if you have uh, opinions on. Uh, exhibitions that you've seen recently. Let us know. Email us at uncannycountymuseum at gmail.com. Yes, um, yes, yes. Well, now that we're done waiting, uh, it looks like we're, oh, just getting shuffled into another line. I guess we <laughs> should talk stick it or ticket. Since Speaking of waiting, you know, have you been stuck behind any interesting bumper stickers? You know, unfortunately, I haven't actually. I was, Ooh. I'm pretty disappointed. Everything was boring the last couple of oh. weeks, which is surprising. How about you? I had three, so maybe. Three. Oh, so you're making up for me. That's perfect. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I, I'm gonna start. Uh, this is in no particular order. Um, I saw a. This was a a modded bumper sticker, which I always modded. Oh, modded. Yes. So it was. Um, a the the silhouette of a crab with the Maryland flag okay. uh, printed on it, and then googly eyes stuck to it. Which fun, yeah that that was fun. There was one that was um this was this was crucial. It was below the Subaru badge, and it was just a ghost going boo. And I just thought that was ha Subaru. <laughs> okay, I like these. But Very then the, this next one was was pretty great. Uh, it said, "I heart my dysfunction." Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Definitely something yeah. to talk about in therapy for sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are some good ones. Those are really great, actually. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a, right. a surprisingly good week. Yeah, I I just did not. I, nobody was creative near me. Maybe hmm. I didn't drive that much either. Mm. But no, it was, yeah, weird. Okay. Well, uh, next up, we should get to uncanny recommendations. Yeah, I got. I definitely have some things to recommend for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess on some shows. Well, Succession and Barry just ended, which was mm. if you haven't watched them, go watch them because man, did they end very well. So I can definitely wholeheartedly <laughs> suggest them as shows to watch to completion. Very, very good. Definitely some of the most interesting TV happening. And I know everybody's probably been talking about the Succession stuff, so that's not mm-hmm. that's not anything new, but I recommend it. I think Ted Lasso's ending 
about to go watch that too. I'm a little late, but uh, man, it's yeah, definitely a good time for TV. But I also think, and I meant to tell you this earlier, Zan, that mm. uh, I think you should leave. I think season three is coming out soon, like in a few days. Oh, so and it might actually be out already. I don't know. But yeah, so we'll have okay. to, we'll have to exchange about that for sure. Oh yes, always. Definitely. Then prepare for new memes. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and then I've been recently reading uh, and about a quarter way through God Emperor of Dune, the fourth mm. book in the Dune series by Frank Herbert. And man, oh man, is that <laughs> book super good? I definitely recommend it. I mean, you kind of you do need to read the first three, which the third one's a little bit of a drag, if I'm being very honest. But God Emperor mm-hmm. is definitely some of herbert's best writing it's definitely more if you like dialogue it's a great book if you don't like dialogue it's not really gonna be for you zan i think you would like it because it's essentially discussing religion history uh ecology and just plot like just you know uh sabotage and things like that it's very interesting but i i just my favorite parts are when uh later the second brings up the romans or the greeks and it is like the year 13 yes yes he does he's like yes you know like i can i don't can't think of dialogue off the top of my head but like he'll be this is gonna require a lot of lore but essentially he has access to the memories of all of his ancestors going from essentially the thirteen thousand years in the future where they're at to the first human it's pretty crazy but bear with me very good but (laughs) He'll just bring up random civilizations and things of our time, and the people there are just like, I have no idea what this guy is talking about. Right. And I just find that incredibly fascinating. Like, hmm, is that like, is that going to be us? Like, are people just going to bring up our timeline, like, you know, centuries from now and be like, ah, yeah. It was just like, you know, in the year 2023 when Mm. everybody was so into TikTok or the succession finale just happened and that's going to be a cultural moment or whatever i don't know what's going to happen but you know what i mean yeah like it was just every, very like random just, and you're like just live huh? live live your life knowing that one day <laughs> there's there could be you know some adolescent nerd that is obsessed yeah. with your time period <laughs> you know i, know. I just, wonder how just, the romans would feel about that you know <laughs> oh, i mean I mean, they were a fairly nerdy culture. They I were feel nerdy. Like. They'd probably be. They, they were. I feel like half nerd, half jock. I think they were the platonic mm. ideal. Oh man, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I have as recommendations. I believe that's it for me that I've seen that have just been really resonating with me recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about you, Zan? What do you have to recommend? Oh man! Oh man! Uh, oh. What? Uh, let's see. So I have started, uh, I'm already loving it. I'm just, uh, you know, maybe, uh, a quarter of the way in, but it is already one of my new favorites. Uh, it is the house of the spirits by Isabel Allende. Um, and, uh, yeah, weirdly, I know she's a super famous world renowned author. Uh, I was mainly familiar with her as a child because she wrote a series of children's books. Uh, And uh, (laughs) and now here I am in my uh, adulthood reading, you know, like one of the books that she's actually like super famous for. Um, (laughs) Interesting. And I totally am already swept up in the story. It is. Uh, I know it's going to progress in time, but at least from where it is now, it's a uh, sort of 
uh, historical fiction, um, you know, sort of uh, talking about uh, kind of Gilded Age. Uh, I believe it's Peru where it's taking place. Um, hmm. But because uh, that's, uh, I believe that's where uh, Alenda is from. Um, but uh, it is just an amazing, uh, just she she's just an amazing storyteller and writer and the characters are so interesting the world built in there is just feels so so real uh and but it it also like just stylistically throws curveballs at you where you suddenly realize that the uh, the point of view of the story has changed without you realizing it, but it's still oh, wow. so captivating. Okay, um, interesting. So I probably will be making another recommendation uh, in a few weeks once I finish reading it. Nice. But yes, uh, even from the bit I've read so far, I highly recommend. Uh, you know, just a very, a very uh, interesting. Uh, interesting uh view of history you know it really you know it doesn't shy away from the realities of that history but mm. it's also it's just so beautifully written as well i i can't uh, recommend it enough um nice. and then as far as other things uh, i would be happy to recommend um the new uh live pine grove album uh montclair mm. is phenomenal uh and I, the way that their songs lead into each other and they just function as a band live, to me, I, I just really enjoy that. It's, uh, the, I, I think the thing that has always kind of saved it is even though, you know, Pine Grove has a very specific sound and a very specific songwriting style the songs like are just the perfect length for you to stay with an idea and then it's rolling into the next song. So it's, yeah, I, I think, I think it's so interesting to take something that's essentially like electrified singer songwriter stuff, but it just never gets boring because you're all you're, it's just one beautiful song after another right. kind of rapid fire. Um, so uh, that is, uh, definitely my uh musical recommendation uh and then uh if you have if you are also on what we are now being forced to call max uh i watched oh, uh God, yeah i watched uh, north by northwest oh, the other okay. night and because uh, there, there's actually a very good selection of classic movies on there there and, are yes. uh very good. and yeah no it just uh you know a movie that i think i saw on like you know turner classic movies forever ago and like actually got to enjoy and now can actually actually feel like i've seen it um nice. you know it, it's it it's a uh, it's long but it is it's a really fast-paced enjoyable uh movie especially for an older movie i okay. i would recommend also just mm, mm, such good suits Oh yeah, that time yeah. period, man. The filming, it's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Also really outfits. also in the first like minute, really good Alfred Hitchcock cameo. Mm. 
okay. Really very funny. cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, you know, you too can use, to quote, to quote the movie, use sex like a fly swatter. Hmm. I haven't thought about it that way, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, uncanny correction, I'd just like to throw out there. Uh, last time we were at the UCM, uh, I made reference to uh, Pliny the Elder and uh, as far as the history of apples and didn't really clarify why, that is because <laughs> Pliny the Elder made reference to apple cider. Uh, <laughs> In, oh. the, in the first century BC. Uh, so uh, it, it, I, I feel like uh, upon reflection, I was like, why did I bring up Pliny <laughs> the Elder? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the other, the other source you need in your, bio, your bibliography. And you're like, uh, did this make sense? Yeah. No. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, I think that is all on that. And as far as that goes, um, what do you have going on outside of the museum, Joe? Uh, well, I have a few things happening. Um, one of the exhibitions that I'm in is a part of the Experimental Film Showcase curated by Daniel Zander, and that's in... It's at the uh, Lichtenspiel Theater Wunderwall in uh, Germany. So that's happening, I believe, like, soon like within a week um there's gonna be a screening so if you're in germany feel free to see that but there'll be some promotion i think around um you know about that but yeah really happy to be a part of that as well as this other ex pop-up exhibition that i'm a part of in munich germany entitled uh teleportal teleportal munich calling um that was a very fun project to be a part of and that's going to be happening uh from july 1st to the 28th and there's going to be a ton, if you follow Teleportal Instagram, there's going to be a lot of images and information as well as a video posted about that. So you don't necessarily need to be there in person to see it, but there'll be a lot of promotion about the project and what we were doing with that. Um, and then I should have some music announcements coming out soon. I know Zan and I both do for sure, mm -hmm. but I'll have my own woven in there as well because I'm bad at release dates and I apologize <laughs> for it, but it'll happen. It's just timing is weird. So that's going to be happening again soon. Um, and I'll be doing some promotion for that and then dropping some things. Um, but yeah, that's all that's going on with me right now. How about you, Sam? What do you got going on? Wonderful. Um, I, yes, we have a musical announcement that everyone should be hearing about very soon. Um, as far as uh, other things to announce, uh, of course, uh, first week of August, I've got my workshop at the John C. Campbell Folk School in Brasstown, North Carolina, uh, that I believe there is space still in that. Uh, you can sign up. It's going to be really cool and immersive. Um, but yeah, we're going to uh, cover a lot of really uh, interesting topics of oil painting, and I'm really excited to get to teach there. Um, then in uh, on the 2nd of September, that is the first Saturday, uh, there is uh, my uh, my work is being displayed at the Folk House Collective in Kingston, New York. Um as well as some other events that will also be August and September that we will be announcing very, very soon. Yes, yes. Um, 
But that is all that I can definitively talk about right now. Thank you for coming to the Uncanny County Museum uh, today. Thank you for waiting in line with us. Uh, we know you have a lot of things that you could be doing, and instead you hung out with us, which is great. We appreciate um, you. Yes. If you want to follow the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum, uh, Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. Uh, you can always message us suggestions, uh, feedback. Uh, send us questions to uh, answer on the show. Um, yes, please. We'd love to mm -hmm. answer them. Yes. Uh, if you want to find me after hours, I'm at Xanosaurus on Instagram. And I'm at Josemino Art on Instagram. And from the Uncanny County Museum, I have been Zan Peters. And I've been Josemino. Bye. Bye. Bye.